Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, another day, another Ayers on the Road. We're glad to be with you, Richard and Linda Ayer. We love doing this once a week, and sometimes we do kind of a grab bag where we're, we don't have a... What do you think, Linda? A specific subject may emerge today, but it may not. (laughs) Well, um, we've got a lot to say. Let's say it that way. Um, (laughs) It really is always so fun to be with you. Thank you for joining us. And we are thrilled because we are down here in St. George um, with Richard being... uh, the athlete that he always has been with his <laughs> heavy with his hundreds of medals. Actually, it is the World Senior Games in St. George this weekend. They do such a great job down here, and it is his 25th year. He just got this beautiful little statue of a, the Golden Arch uh, for made being, out of real sandstone. Made of real sandstone, <laughs> pretty tiny, but but made out of sandstone. And it really is a good memory of of the law, the years and years and years and years that we've been here. I finally had to buy a little Christmas tree. I, I will admit that it was tall but very skinny so that it fit in a spot. And uh, every year I get it out for Christmas and we decorate it with all of his medals. Lots of gold, lots of silver, oh, man. a little There's bit of bronze. There's nothing sacred, Linda. You're revealing all of our oh, intimate man. secrets. Um, he used to do... Um, basketball too until he broke his rib every year and then we decided to give up basketball (laughs) but now he's doing tennis and he's always done uh, track track and field and I I used to win lots of medals in track and field until the Jamaicans started coming (laughs) (laughs) the Jamaicans are made of something different than we are on the main well no they just train hard and you know I it is Again, this is an aside. Some of you may not even know about the World Senior Games, the Huntsman World Senior Games every year in October in St. George. And people really do come from all over the world. In tennis this year, I my first round I played a guy from Alaska. The second round I played a guy from Seattle. Third round I played a guy from Oklahoma. So far, that's not all around the world. It's well, just no, United but States. last year we had an Australian. I played an Australian and a German. So it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. And Jamaicans come. Yeah, but I used to win the the triple jump every year. Not that I'm any good, but I'm I'm kind of long and I have long legs and I can jump a little bit still. <laughs> and then. I'd, I think I'd won the, the event for like three or four years in a row. And then one year, the Jamaican team People showed team, up. Yeah. And <laughs> for those of you that understand track, you'll be amazed. Uh, this guy out jumped me by three feet. This is usually <laughs> a game of inches. <laughs> and so since then, you know, I've been more sticking to tennis. And like you say, basketball, I break my ribs every year so. But let's well, let change the well, subject. I, but I do have to say, it is so admirable to see these amazing people, men and women. And come. Into the 95, 90 and 95. Yes, I, uh, I mean, age you can brackets. start at age 50 and then go through to 95. And honestly, I sat by a, the greatest guy yesterday. He's 80, 85 and he over. He just won the 85 and over for tennis. And he drove all by himself from Oklahoma. 
and uh, didn't know if he was going to find a hotel room one night. And he, he is married, but he just is he left his wife home, <laughs> I guess. I was thinking about him, though, honey, you know, because he, he was a very nice guy, but he seemed a little bored, a little sad, not, you know, he's sort of focusing his life on doing athletics as an 85-year-old, yeah, which because, is admirable. Yeah, because last week he came out and dro drove all the way from Oklahoma to Las Vegas for baseball. For, for softball. Yeah, yeah, softball. So it is, but I was thinking uh, as we were talking to him that uh, a sure antidote for boredom is children and grandchildren. <laughs> oh, I we, thought you were going to say athletics. We, we are never bored. Our life is, and you're, and many of you listeners are the same, you know, when you have children and grandchildren, there's always something going on, and there's always something to worry about, and there's always something to revel in and be joyful about. That's the nature of families. Oh, my goodness. We've had three families in transition. We probably mentioned that a bit. I can't remember if we did or not, but uh, three families are suddenly moving our youngest daughter's moving from London after six years uh, to Provo, Utah, because her husband is teaching at BYU um, in the business school, finance. Uh, then we have two kids who, one is a nomad. He lived in New York for a long time, then went to Hawaii and got stuck there because of COVID, because well, he was on his way to Japan. Well, he's not a nomad by choice. He's no, a COVID, no. He's, he's a, a COVID, COVID nomad. nomad. Exactly. <laughs> So he got stuck in Hawaii, which is a really tough place to be stuck, but uh, for a year, and then came back to stay with us. And we have talked about him a bit because they had a baby uh, while they were living in our house, which we were overjoyed about. It was so fun. But now he's trying to get to New York. His old his older brother Noah, which uh, who we mentioned once in a while, has just moved to New York with six kids and um, gotten them all into school. In a five-story walk-up well, right that, in the middle of New York City. Yeah, that illustrates the point. Life is never boring with with kids. And, you know, it's just so, what an age we live in. We, uh, When I get up, before I check emails in the morning, or I, in fact, I want to say I try, my goal is to not look at a screen until I've done some thinking and some planning and some praying for the day because, boy, that can take over your life. But then once I do open the computer or the phone, it's not the emails I go to first. It's the Marco Polos and the WhatsApps and, you know, finding out where everybody in the family is that day and what they're doing. And uh, it's really, I mean, I, I just don't think we're grateful enough, Linda, for how exciting our lives are vicariously through our children and through our grandchildren. What a blessing. What a great blessing. It truly and is. And what a blessing that you can be in touch with all of them. The one in Switzerland, the one in Hawaii, the one wherever they are. We know where they are every day, and we are able to talk to them. And it's Well, not every day. They slip in and out. Well, once in a while they... <laughs> like this week, we well, have... Well, we don't know. We find them on Find My Friends, you know. Our so Marco Polo this week, our son in Switzerland, was actually in Dubai, out in the desert, in a complete... And in, in Abu Dhabi. At, Arabic uniform, and then the next day is in Abu Dhabi. Uniform. <laughs> well, they're cool, long white robes with red headbands, really beautiful. And uh, yes, then Abu Dhabi, some days we, he's in Finland, he has an amazing job. Um, maybe we should not. We're so grateful for Maybe him. we should call the show Ayers 
kids on the road instead of ours on the road. <laughs> We're kind of stable lately. We're just hanging From out. From here to St. George and Salt Lake City, to Park City, yeah. Although we'll be spending a lot of time in Arizona in November. We're going to do a... My my father had only one sibling, a brother named Vern, who was just one year younger than he was. And Vern's family is wonderful. They had uh, five daughters and a son. And our family was four boys and a girl. And we're going to have a reunion um, where we're just going to talk about Dean and Vern. It's going to be a quite a great thing, I think. And that's going to come up in November. And we're excited for that. I do have to say that it has really been an interesting process of having kids. You know, when you have little children, you just think, oh, it's going to be so nice when they're just all gone. <laughs> they take care of themselves. <laughs> and they do take care of themselves sometimes, sometimes not. But um, it is such an amazing thing that parenting never ends. It never ends. We are... Um, engage with our kids. The man that I was talking to yesterday had two daughters, one completely um, wonderful, um, living in Dallas, and then a husband who's an attorney, two kids. And he said our younger daughter just never was able to take care of herself. She just was a totally different personality. And so we're still taking care of her, and she's 54. I'm sure that there are you know incidents like that that are not happy well every family including ours has things that are worrisome and that are not as you wish they would be and that's part of this whole glorious sort of complicated mix of joy and worry and sorrow that makes up families and i don't want to get too too deep into that right now but let's go back to we have this wonderful St. George tradition where we're here every October. And on Sunday, we'll head back and I'll support you as you go to your violin quartet and play your chamber music. And, <laughs> and that is and a we, huge sacrifice because you're not going to be able to do <laughs> the long jump and the triple jump, which you lost by right. three feet last that's week. That's right. That's so, you week. know, <clears throat> supporting each other. We mentioned before on the show that when we first got married, I was going to teach Linda to play tennis. She was going to be my doubles partner, and she was going to teach me to play the cello, and we were going to play duets. And, um, well, never quite happened, but I do well, love to hear Linda play the violin well, and the piano. you can play the cello. You can play hymns you know, by ear, on, which is amazing. Well, you can play a little tennis just about at the same level that I play the cello. <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> there was never a happier day than when I injured my knee and I went into a doctor and he said, I'm so sorry, Linda, you are not going to be able to play tennis anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, it goes back to when you were like a little kid in grade school and you, you were glad if you got, got a bloody nose so you wouldn't have to play kickball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, baseball, baseball is the same mentality. Exactly. I am not very daring when it comes to athletics. Well, and I also wanted to say we have this little place in St. George and I'm looking out the window right now and we call, we, we, I can't, I, actually, I do remember when we started naming things. We had our, our oldest daughter, every car we ever had, she came up with a name for it. And somehow it was always perfect. It was always like an onomatopoeia. I mean, it sounded like the place. And the house we had in England, she named it Ruckery Ruck. And <laughs> and uh, our was. house in Salt Lake City, she named J.B. Mopletel. 
<laughs> and the one in West Valley, she named Valentine Marie. Valentine Marie. We, we do not and know so where these came we, from. But. We started naming everything, houses and cars, and this little place in St. George we call Seven Gorge George. Because as we look out, I'm looking out right now, we can see just the desert, and there's in our view, there's seven little gorges. One of them's really beautiful. You can hike up through it, and it's beautiful, but there's seven. So here we are at Seven Gorge George. And now you know. Just having a good old time. And now you know <clears throat> where our kids got the genetic ability to where name our places. No, no, no. Places. Sarah did it. But no, now but it she's... came from your ability to do that. Seven Gorge George. Who would think of that? Well, anyway. Well, anyway, we do. Linda has a new car, though, and its name is Streak because yeah. it's silver and it's kind of like a streak. The, the way reason she drives you named it. it Streak is because <laughs> your first bicycle was named Streak. <laughs> Speaking of names, I had a. I remember I had $25 and my dad took me down to buy a bike and they had only two in the bike shop. One was a Schwinn, a red one, and the other one was an aluminum bike called a Silver Streak. And man, I got that aluminum one because no one else had one like that. So now we've got another Silver Streak in the family. We do. We're so <laughs> excited. Well, we're Is anyone a bit, getting anything out of this show? I'm not today? sure, but we are going <clears> to... <throat> Be back in a minute. In the second half, substance. we're going we're to actually talk about some real substance. Right. So hang on, and thanks for sticking with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road. Um, we have had fun today. Um, we have had fun. We don't know whether you've had fun or not, but uh, just reminiscing a bit. But I, uh, parenting has been so much on my mind this week because we've been helping these kids move, three of them. and Our middle-aged kids. That includes 10, 14 children. 14, 14 grandchildren, grandchildren, yeah. Who uh, are in flux. And so we've been there around them a lot. We've seen how um, they handle their lives and their children. And we actually, we have to say we are so proud of them. I mean, there are some days when you think, oh, should we say something about that or not? But as we talked about last week a bit, I think it's so good to keep the duct tape handy. And we actually had a little incident with that this week. Um, with Richard saying a little too much, going a little too far. No, 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 no. We got a pact in our family that I can give any advice I want, and I will not be offended if it's not followed. And I think it's worked pretty well over the, over time. I guess sometimes I still go a little too far, and that's where Linda says, Linda has a chapter in her book, Grandmothering, that is, I think the name of the chapter is Keep the Duct Tape Handy. <laughs> that would have been a good name, but that is what I was talking about. I think the she hardest thing to do. My mouth. The hardest thing to do when you have children is seeing them um, do things that you you could correct easily because you know you've been through it, you've done it. But actually, it usually turns out just fine if you don't say a word. They figure it out on their own. I think any time any negativism that you introduce to your kids is not helpful. 
And uh, I mean, obviously, if it's life threatening or whatever, then obviously you've got to do that. But it, by and large, I really think that you can give little suggestions, but your little suggestions, honey, you're not really camouflaged very well. They're not very subtle. No. And so I, I do think it is so important because we, you don't, you don't want your kids thinking, oh, dad thinks this or dad thinks that. Um, we've got kids making big decisions right now. And of course, they, you know, if they ask, we say, well, uh, this would be a good idea, but we really well, don't. I, it's them. all about the context though, because again, we know, we know people, we know grandparents, people our age who have clearly been too free with their advice and have really driven their, their children away from them and made their children feel criticized and belittled and uh, less than independent. And it's caused real problems in the family. But to be fair, Linda, we know others, other people in, in our age bracket, grandparents, who have bit their tongue so hard and avoided giving any advice or counsel. And then kids have made mistakes and said to the parents later, I wish you'd warned me about this. I wish you'd been more in my face about what your view was and it might have helped us avoid this mistake. So I think our advice is if you're a, if you're a parent of ad adult children, find a way to have some kind of a standing agreement where you have made it very clear that you understand that they are independent adults and that they are the parents of their children and they are the ones with the stewardship of their families and their lives and that you are not trying to usurp that in any way and that if you ever give them advice or have comments for them or feedback for them have a kind of a standing agreement that you know and they know that you don't have all the inputs and all the all the factors that they have in their mind and and have a, a deal where they're thinking of whatever you say as just one of many inputs that they receive and they make their own decisions and you respect those decisions and they never feel offended. This is the essence of our pact is very simple. I will not be offended if you don't always follow my advice and you will not be offended. They say to us, I will not, they will not be offended if we give advice, because we, we don't want to bottle it up. If we think there's an input they should have, we give it. So I don't know if you'd pattern yours exactly that same way, but, but have, I guess the point is have a discussion about it. Let, let your children, your grown adult children be the ones who say, well, we would like it. In fact, we did that once at a reunion just a couple of years ago where we, we asked them all, to respond in writing, actually, how much input do you want from us? And there were several options. Do you want input just when you ask for it? Do you want it when we feel strongly that there's something we should say? Do you want it not at all? Yeah, I think that was one of the most insightful yeah. things that we did. We were just talking about that. I was talking about that with someone the other day because we're we're talking about doing a grandmothering, a little grandmothering seminar because. Uh, it's a whole different thing when you're a grandparent and a mother-in-law. And it really, that very thing came up, you know. We did hand out a um, questionnaire to all the son, 
sons-in-law, daughters-in-law, as well as our kids. And how do you feel about this? And how much input do you want? And it was really eye-opening. We just had never asked. And most of them were like, oh, yeah, bring it on. We love it. We, And then there was like, I would really love yeah, it if you would just wait for me to yeah. ask. Yeah. From a couple of in-law kids, we, we, we love your advice, but don't give it until we ask for it. And and, and that's there's another lesson in that. You can't, if you have multiple children, there is no one size fits all. You want to deal with each of them in terms of what advice you do give and what advice they request and so on as an individual case, because they're all different. They're all unique. They have their own situation, their own spouses, their own children. Well, their own so parents, on. you know, the in-laws right, have their right. own parents, their own things grown up with. I just think it's so important to remember to respect that. And it really was, we have backed off. We have uh, treated those in-laws differently. Well, and I think, Linda, too, another thing we should mention. Um, on Sunday, we'll be driving back. We, we were going to stay for the track and field next week, but we're going back because of your chamber music, and that's a, that's a kind of a give and take. You know, you supported me here. I want to support you there. But as we drive back on Sunday, we will be having... Well, we've talked a little about on the show before, but not as much as we probably should. We may do a whole show on having Sunday sessions where you as a husband and wife do some planning every single week. And it's not really even planning, as although it is. I mean, always we start with what's our schedule for the upcoming week and where do we need to be and who's depending on us and what, what are our stewardships for the week and so on. What are our goals? But also just a communication session. How are, how are we feeling? How are you feeling? How, are, how am I feeling about you? How are you feeling about me? Am I meeting your needs? Are you meeting my needs? Are we communicating everything we feel? Is there anything we haven't thrashed out? Is there anything we went to? <laughs> did, we, did we break the old advice that's probably the worst advice we've ever had never let the sun set on a disagreement did we did we have some things that weren't unresolved what do we need to do and i think of all the things that we have done in our marriage in our family it would be hard to think of any that have been more valuable and more consistent and more sort of relevant all the time year after year than having these private Sunday sessions. When we're at home, sometimes it's only a half an hour, 45 minutes, because it's all the time we can find. But And usually it's in the car on a trip. But if or we're traveling, yeah. yeah, there's plenty of time, and we always end them with what we call testimonies. I've mentioned this before that when we were mission presidents in London, we found that the biggest thing you worry about in that calling is companionship problems, missionaries that don't get along with their companion and that have problems. And we realized after being there about a year that the missionaries who did, there's a little thing in the white handbook for missionaries that said, have a private testimony meeting with your companion every week. Just bare your soul. Tell them how you feel about God and about the church and about what you're doing. And 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 you know we have these testimony meetings in our in our in our churches once a month but these private ones between missionaries anyway we realized that missionaries who were doing that didn't have the kind of companionship problems and disagreements that those who who were not doing it had 
And, and so we, you know, we just decided while we were there in England that every single Sunday we would have a Sunday session, just the two of us, and we would end them with this. When we're talking to people outside of our church, we don't call them testimony meetings. We call it a feeling session where you just share your most intimate feelings with just the one other person who's the most important to you in all the world. And we have done that every single week. Huh? I think we've <laughs> we, missed very few. We have missed a few. Sometimes they're a little abbreviated. Twice a month sometimes. I mean, it depends on the day because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. But we have consistently done that, I will say. And it has been so interesting because those are the things that you don't talk about. You get so busy trying to put out fires and take care of not only your children but your your other life and and your own needs and so on that you just forget to talk about feelings. And I do think that that is really important. Maybe that would feel awkward to you but gosh it just was so enlightening to us and it gave me a chance to uh, really express my feelings well and you get better and better at it we've worked with young couples and tried to recommend they have this weekly sunday session and they, they they grow into it i mean maybe at first it's just a planning session or a scheduling session but as they get more into the feelings and the goals and the long-term goals and as they revisit those every single week and as they have written documents that they're trying to improve on, mission statements and so on, it's that it's that consistency of talking about it every week and growing into it that I think makes marriages strong and powerful. Yeah, it is so good to be on the same wavelength. And it's so good to get lost along the path because there's so many complications with family and children and so on. Yeah. But if you can bring it back to each other, your relationship, how you're feeling about life about each other i think you're right linda that's the key let's end the today's show uh back on a little bit of a lighter note um since we come here every year it, it's a good illustration of the differences in our personality because i get here and i say linda let's go back to snow canyon and ride our bikes we love it there and let's go to the painted pony restaurant because we love it there and Linda always says the same thing to me, which is, let's go to somewhere new. We go to those places all the time. I thought you were going to say, I always say, your job, your job is vacuuming. Oh, and yeah. Well, you say that too. I'm going to clear out all the stuff that it doesn't need to be here and we're going to take it out and, and so on and so on. It really is interesting how different minds work, but it is it is but, so but Linda, if, if you got a place you love, like I, <laughs> I've been to the Painted Pony restaurant for lunch the last three days in a row. Right. And I ordered the same thing all three days because I really like it. And Linda says, well, when are you going to try something new? And I'm saying, when I get a bad, when I get a meal I don't love, I'll try something else. And which drives me crazy because I could never order the same thing twice at a restaurant, no matter how much I liked it. There's always so many other choices. You have to try a lot of different things. So it but is your true. chances of getting something you don't like go way up when you try something new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we are going to go to Snow Canyon today, and um, then we'll do something new after that. How's that? Okay. <laughs> something new for you would be vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> 
the front entry. I mean, you know. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. You and got it. You know what I have to do to get Richard to really work? I have to write it down. I have to write it Lists. down. Lists. Lists are very he good. I cannot think of what I needs like to be checking done. them off. I cannot think of what he's done. So <laughs> if I write it down and put a little circle by it to have him fill it in when he finishes it, he, he can do it. And with that little glimpse into the real lives of Richard and Linda, <laughs> we <laughs> sign off for the day. Thanks for listening to Ours on the Road. We'll see you next time. And we appreciate you and pray for all the best for you and your family. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening in. Bye-bye.